We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson. I'm coming to you by myself on Saturday night at about 8.40 on March 19th, uh, just due to a series of conflicts and uh, it just being that point in the year. I'm doing it solo tonight because Josh had something else going on. Luckily for him, he didn't miss a game that was really worth watching. Uh, for anybody who missed the game, the Mavericks were down 16-2 to within three minutes, and that more or less set the tone for the game. Despite Luka Doncic's really uh, absolutely sterling outside shooting, he was 8-12 of 12 from three during the game, tying, I think, his career high in three-point makes. Uh, the Mavericks were not really able to get anything going offensively uh, from nearly anyone else. It's probably the most piss-poor uh, team performance that I could could really imagine uh, going back for several, you know, it's got to be at least 40 something games like that. As a group, I'm really shocked at, at how poorly everyone played. Um, but the Mavericks sort of worked themselves back into the game. And right before halftime, Luca made a really sweet pass to um, to Dwight Powell, who in, he got. They didn't credit him with a turnover, but for some reason he brought the ball down. Lamelo Ball strips him as he's going up for a dunk, uh, which leads uh, that would have cut the lead to I want to say one point for the Hornets. And instead, the Hornets went down and hit a three, and then hit another three, and the Mavericks found themselves down by nine at halftime. A uh, very frustrating way to end the quarter. Then, of course, in the third. The Mavericks methodically worked themselves back into the game. And by methodically, I mean Luka Doncic went bananas. Uh, after scoring 16 points in the first half, he scored 21 in the third quarter. Uh, he was incandescent from beyond the arc. And unfortunately, when the Mavericks pulled within two, I want to say it was 74 to 72 following a, another really, like it was like a behind the back pass from Luka to Maxi. 
Uh, and then the Hornets called a timeout and responded with a 28-8 to run to end the third quarter. Um, in the fourth, the, the Hornets hit another three, which put them up 25, and at that point the game was effectively over. Kidd played uh, as much of his team as he possibly could. Boban was the only person who didn't get any minutes. Uh, for anyone that didn't know, um, Spencer Dinwiddie missed the game due to rest. Reggie Bullock returned to the team after missing the previous three games, but Jason Kidd opted to not have him suit up, wanting him to have uh, a couple of, uh, at least a practice under his belt before they come back. Um... You know, some some tidbits about this game. You know, uh, Davis Bertans uh, fouled out in 12 minutes, which was pretty remarkable. Marquise Chris played again tonight. Uh, he had 10 points and 9 rebounds. But I will simply say that um, while I appreciate his energy, I don't. He he is a he's going to be a big on this team that, that soaks up some minutes, I think. Um, I don't know how to phrase it anyway other than that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll get some more Marquise uh, Chris minutes down the, line, down the way. Um, the Mavericks had to play two bigs at multiple points tonight, just which is, is not what they normally do. But really, they, they couldn't really afford to go down to another guard um, because the, the other guard would have been, you know, Trey Burke, Frank Milikina, both of whom are not good at basketball. I don't really know any other way to, to say it. Um, Josh Green had an opportunity tonight. Uh, in the first half, he played some minutes, but the Hornets are sort of a trap game for him in that he is a, such a fast playing player that it he had, he had three turnovers in a short span, and then Kid just didn't put him back in for a while. It was very reminiscent of sort of what Carlisle did, but the the turnovers that he made were of the sort where he's just playing so fast, and the Hornets are the fastest paced team in the league. It's like getting into a track meet, like. It's a it's a bait game where you know the Mavericks play at a slow pace on purpose because they control they can control things. That's how Luca likes to do it. And a few of their turnovers, uh, a few of Green's turnovers, were of the I'm of of the of uh, I'm just going too fast variety. And and that's going to happen as he as he develops. It's not a criticism um, that's too heavy. It's just something where it's like a learning moments thing. You might look at it as his. Um, Box score tonight, he had nine points and three rebounds, but most of that stuff came late. He did hit a cool corner three when things were still close. And he, the fact that he's shooting it with such confidence is really nice to see. Um, you know, you go down the rest of the way. The, this is sort of Dorian's. Uh, Dorian's kind of had some brain farts lately, is what I'll say. You know, eight points, one rebound, one assist, one steal, negative 22. Plus minus is neither here nor there tonight because nobody could hit anything. He left a layup short, like an open layup. He, he it's just an odd looking play. Like things just weren't going his way. And Jason Kidd had some kind of harsh words for his, his, um, I would, I will simply say like the mistakes that he's made that are, are things that, that Dorian can avoid. And, you know, tonight was another game like that where I think he could have, you know, he, he, there was a weird rebound exchange between him and Luca that resulted Luca trying to dive for a loose ball, and it resulted in the Hornets scoring. Like there's just like so many, I don't call them 50-50 balls, but just lots and lots of mistakes. So I wrote the recap tonight for for the game, and I I, I noted that this is just something that the Mavericks. Uh, I don't want to say that that they have to deal with, but when you know you have a a rotation that's essentially seven guys, and two of those seven guys are out, meaning Reggie Bullock and Spencer Dinwiddie. Things are things have the real opportunity to go very bad, and and that's what happened. 
Um, you know, Reggie Bullock's missed these, you know, four games in a row now, and the Mavericks have gone two and two. And I think that I don't want to say they're lucky, but it's I'm just glad it worked out that way because it could have been a lot worse. Because Bullock is important to to you know the the way the dominoes fall within this team. It allows them to play a different way. Um, and then I, I, you know, this just sort of opens up. This game is a real example of what Josh and I have talked about for several years and that they need more players who are of quality. Um, when we were all skeptical of the, the trade, you know, thinking back to, to the, the weekend of the trade, it's because Spencer Dinwiddie didn't look very good that we were concerned that this, the look that we saw from the Mavericks tonight, meaning Luca having to do everything and no one else being able to come through, this was sort of what we were concerned about. Now, because Spencer has been really good, and I believe he will continue to be very good, it's not so much a concern, particularly once the Mavericks get to the playoffs. Because once you get to the playoffs, you play seven, you know, play you play seven guys anyways. It's it's and the Mavericks sort of have that that group locked down. But as they're sort of just trying to survive the regular season, it becomes very apparent that they just don't have the horses. I mean, this year they've they've had to to cut Willie Cauley Stein and Moses Brown. Trey Burke is untradeable and unplayable. I mean, he is a a very bad basketball player at this point in his career. He's two of eleven for tonight, uh, with three turnovers, which is remarkable. Um, and then there's you know there's guys like Sterling Brown who who try to eat up minutes and do stuff, but he, you know he, Sterling just isn't. I'm not sure he's an NBA player, you know. And and Frank Nilakina, you know, you look at his box score, you're gonna probably gonna be, people are gonna say, oh, he had twelve, six, and four, with all of it came in garbage time. <laughs> Like, I don't, I'm not particularly interested in the Frank conversation anymore. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he comes back and gives them some minutes. Maybe kids saw something in how he played late tonight. But uh, the, the the defense and the offense are not consistent enough, and I'm not sure he's he's really it. It's just, as the Mavericks head into the offseason, depending on where they fall this year, they have to have real depth. You look at the best players in the NBA or best teams in the NBA, and they really do go 10 deep where you can survive some of this. It takes years to accumulate that kind of depth, too, because you aren't just you, you both have to be good and you have to be lucky. I mean, the 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 Suns are a really great uh, example of this where they just keep, you know, they, they've lost Chris Paul for a while and they just keep rolling. Um, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And, and that's what the new front office has ahead of themselves because this team that they got this year is really not the team that, that, you know, Mark Cuban said it on our podcast, the team that they built was the team for Rick Carlisle. And that includes after, you know, cause free agency happened after, uh, after they had let Carlisle go, but they had all this stuff. Like they had a war room set up. They had these things and plans in place. Even if you know they probably had certain agreements understood before the before things kicked off, and and they just needed to see where it goes. So you know it, it's it's a challenging loss. These these two probably haven't been very fun for everyone who you know tunes in night in and night out. But there's you know there's always positives to take away. You know, it's fun watching Luca get insane from outside. It's it's nice to see Maxi play with a little bit more confidence tonight from the floor. You know, he was three of four, including one of two from three. Um, he had seven boards. It's it's there's there's you know, uh, I would I I would like to see a little more out of Jalen Brunson. He's had a cup. You know, he had a really nice start last night, and then the Mavericks you know didn't go back to him enough. And I think he's kind of been over dribbling, but I still believe that Brunson is is going to figure things out. You know, there's there's plenty of time to get right. The Mavericks have an interesting schedule the next couple of weeks. The schedule is something we should all be paying attention to because if you go look at the box or if you go look at the standings, the um, Mavericks, the Nuggets, 
and the Wolves, who have just been on fire, are right all in a row. Um, the 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 Mavericks are uh, forty three and twenty eight. The wool uh, the the Nuggets are forty two and twenty nine. The Wolves are forty two and thirty, and they play the Mavericks twice in the next week. So we all should be standings watching and be you know very cognizant about what's happening because the Mavericks could still fall into the playing tournament, which would not be good. Just would not be good. Um, all right, you know, this has been fun. On to the next one. The Mavericks play the Wolves on Monday, so you'll be hearing from Josh and I after. I'm going to do a quick uh, post-game uh, green room with fans. Everybody air out their grievances. We're going to have a lot, you know, of content, audio content, if that's your thing. Uh, please like and subscribe. Please provide feedback. We appreciate all of your support, and everybody enjoy the rest of your weekend.